This summer, from TSDJA Productions and JJ2E Media, comes the full-length horror audio drama, The Camping Trip. This anthology tells three tales that span the decades and unveil vengeful mysteries long forgotten, but ultimately connect to a present-day story. This fully produced audio experience takes you along as three young scouts and their troop leaders spend the last night of their weekend getaway around the fire. And what's a night in the woods without campfire stories? When you go to tsdjaproductions.bandcamp.com and buy the camping trip, you'll receive over two hours of content including the very first bonus episode of the Nerd Blitz with Doom and Fitz podcast. You won't want to miss a moment of the camping trip. Written, edited, directed, and performed by at Fitzman73 and at the Scooby Doom. Available now. This is Kevin J. Anderson, and I am a proud member of the Knights of Nerd Blitzdom. Ah, Fitz! Library. We were just, we were, it was, uh, re- reading, reading. We were just reading, just reading, reading. What could you possibly read like that? Um, books? Welcome to the Nerd Blitz Book Club. Pull up a seat and pull down your pants. Listen to us read and go on rants.
Hi gang, thanks for joining us this week for the Nerd Blitz Book Club. I'm Doom. And I'm Fitz. And you're joining us in the midst of a great fucking story, book, series, franchise. Yeah. Wow, that was... you were really struggling there. Trying to come up with the words to describe this. We are reading... A collection of short stories... A short story. I wish we were doing the whole collection. Yeah. But um, we're reading Dan Shamble's Zombie P.I. Role Model is the title of the story, which can be found in Working Stiff, The Cases of Dan Shamble's Zombie P.I., which, as far as I know, I don't know by the time this gets released, if you sign up at Wordfire Press uh, to Kevin J. Anderson's readers group, you'll get a free ebook copy of. Yep. Pretty and cool. I... I thought so too, but um, I'll be honest with you. The whole reason I wanted to do this is try and help because uh, he's releasing the second short story collection this fall. Yeah, and we're gonna try and time this to the release of that, which that's gonna be called Services Rendered. Okay. Try to tie this to the release of that because God damn it, I'm greedy and I want more fucking shambling. If it's <laughs> profitable, that means he'll do more. God damn it. Yep. Because right so now it's so we're gonna blast this out to our like. 50 listeners <laughs> true but I mean who knows maybe they'd be like holy shit that was awesome let's fucking get this two of them will I yeah. know we don't have far reach but I like this franchise I do too actually I, after I read this story well I mean I was interested in it before just from you talking about it but then we uh, we read that comic crossover with Kolchak mm-hmm. and I mean it was fun but it was like eh, I don't know I mean, I could see the potential, but the comic really didn't, like, light a fire. When we talked about doing this story, I said, that I mentioned that. It's like, yeah, you've sort of dipped your toe in with that comic, but come on, let's be honest. That's not Shamble. That's a crossover featuring Shamble. Yeah. So, that's what I said. I think it was in the Sherlock Book Club. It would be interesting to hear your reaction, and so far, I'm liking it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I enjoyed this story. It was it was pretty fun, pretty clever Mm -hmm. different and give me a second and i'll pull up my review of this story okay because it's in that review i did of working stiff no not soundcloud you fucking jerk off yeah it's in there and i singled this out i know is like the best story in there which oh is this your favorite in the in the collection i thought it was because of the subject matter you thought that would interest me more if i think it's because fucking i read this a month or two after going to Archon. Oh, okay, yeah. It's starting to fucking make sense, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely, especially since he's been, like we talked about when you went to Archon, he's he's been like the guest of honor at Archon a couple times, I think. Mm-hmm. That's, and and yeah, reading the story, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> this sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. All this stuff sounds familiar. Which I found the post. I'm scrolling down to it now. But yeah, I read this like fucking two months after Archon, and I was like, oh, shit, this feels familiar. Yeah. I like this. Like, it's just a couple paragraphs. I'll read it to you real quick. Role model is hands down best story here. So don't be surprised. Wow, I was fucking... I called this one. This was my fucking Babe Ruth moment. So don't be surprised if you hear an F or two of the Nerd Blitz book club with this as the focus. I called it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was having flashbacks to episode 39 the entire time as Dan and Magoo head to a cosplay convention to work security. Well, we'll get into all of that shit, but, um... Yeah, I'll go back to this as we go, but... Yep, I mentioned Archon a couple times. So, yeah. Again, go back and listen to episode 39 of the main show. You hear the way I talk about that con. It's clear to see why I like this story. Mm-hmm. So... Now, is this more breezy than the the longer novels? Because it felt kind of breezy, not like in a bad way, but like in a in kind of a quick. I mean, it's a short story. Obviously, it's going to be quick, but it felt kind of fluffy. Yeah, I think I mentioned that in the review. Like more too. for fun than for serious. Exactly. Seriousness. Yeah. I think I mentioned that in the review too, because one of the stories that's in here, Roadkill. Yeah. The first time I read it, I was like, "Well, okay," because there's just not much to it. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, well, there's something that happened. And that story, too, is just a weird one because you start, like, in the middle of it, Dan wakes up in a coffin. Oh, okay, yeah. But, yeah, for the most part, most of these short stories, there's no fucking ripple effect. The only one that does have a ripple effect would be Naughty and Nice. Mm -hmm. That's the Christmas one where, in this story, Dan mentions the big uneasy and all the famous monsters and shit becoming real. And then he says even fictional even characters Claus, like yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, in that story, he meets Santa Claus and then he gives Robin, that's Dan's partner. Mm-hmm. He gives her a notepad that takes notes on its own so she can concentrate on the conversation and not have to be like, hang on, how do you spell that type of thing? Okay. That carries over into book four and five. I wish I had one of those notepads. No shit, right? I mean, I guess it's called a tape recorder, but... But then you've you know. got to transcribe it yourself. Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah. Or, I think there's transcription services where they... It's like a penny a word or something. They yeah. charge to transcribe stuff, which that sounds weird. But I think that's what Kevin J. Anderson uses when he writes, because he said before he dictates all of his stories. Uh-huh. So I think that's how he does it, he said. Oh, yeah. He sends it off somewhere, and they send him back a hard copy of... Yeah. Or probably hmm. a PDF in this day and age. Well, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, these short stories are just kind of, like you said, fluff. And it helps you get to know the characters a little bit better. But for the yeah. most part, you don't need them. Yeah, like I... I, I mean, you see the, the cop McGuhan or whatever in yeah. the comic that we yeah. read. But their relationship, you don't... It's not a real accurate indicator. I don't think of their relationship because... Well, for one thing, I didn't realize... And, and you... They mention it in this is that before when Dan Chamble was alive, he was best friends with this cop. Yeah. And then he got killed and came back as a zombie, and they're still friends. Yeah. I thought they got to be friends after. I mean, I thought they got to be friends like he met after him as Dan a zombie. Came back. Yeah. I didn't realize so much, so many things, and it's it's mentioned a few times in this story where somebody is doing something while they're alive, and then yeah. they die and come back to life as a zombie or a vampire or whatever. In some and, cases, even a ghost. Yeah, and they and they just continue doing, like, everything's this, like, nothing changed other than now they're a ghost. Yeah, like, for ghosts, like, you can't touch shit anymore. That's the only thing that's changed. And you're, like, you can't touch living objects, so you can't, like, pet a dog or fucking hug a loved one, but you can pick up a glass and you can fill a glass in a bar, so you can, if you were a bartender, you can continue bartending. Oh, that's an interesting rule. For zombies, you sort of just slow down a bit. And Dan talks about in this story where right, running, he tries to keep to run himself and it, in and shape. Yeah. yeah, Like he goes to this um, 
24-hour fitness club for unnaturals, and he tries to keep himself in shape. In, I want to say, the first or second book, he meets up with these uh, witch sisters. One of them has been turned into a pig, and um, he helps them with their case against uh, the publishing company mentioned in here, Howard Phillips, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Nod to H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. Uh, because he helped them, though, they give him every month a okay. rejuvenation spell. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask you if that was... Because he, he mentions that in this story, too. He always mm-hmm. gets his monthly maintenance spell. Yes. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And the other thing is, those two witches are the ones who write the Dan Shambles zombie PI stories in the universe. Oh, they are. Yeah, because... Instead of just suing Howard Phillips to get... Because what happened was there was a spell book that they read from and it turned the sister into the pig. Mm -hmm. And they were suing not like to take the company down, but to try and be like proofreaders or something. So it doesn't happen again. And so they could like dig in and try to find a way to reverse the sister being a pig. Mm -hmm. And well, they became proofreaders and then... They've got another witch friend, I think, who writes these stories. I think they help write them, though, or they help facilitate the writing with this other witch, or maybe it's a pen name. I don't remember exactly because I haven't been in the universe with the novels recently. I'm going to be rereading the first three soon, where all of that info is. I thought he was implying that the person writing the books, I thought he was implying Kevin J. Anderson. No. Writing these stories. Okay. No. I thought it was like a meta reference to... That would have been cool, but no. Okay. Yeah, it's these witches that he got entangled with, and to keep the monthly rejuvenation spell going, he's got to give them information on his cases, and then they write these novels. Yeah, and so it sounded like without that spell, he, like, degenerates into a... He, like, his brain rots or something? Well, his body would start to decompose and fall apart as a dead body would. I gotcha. So it's like, keep going to the uh, all-night fitness place. That helps him stay mobile and shit, because you know the old thing, a body in motion stays in motion, or an object in motion, uh-huh. whatever the fuck it is. And he doesn't yeah, have to yeah, sleep Yeah, I know the anymore. opposite of that. Yeah. Real well. So do I. But he's a zombie, so he doesn't have to sleep anymore, so it's just like, fucking work on your cases, go work out, do whatever you gotta do. Damn, I wish I didn't have to sleep. Wouldn't it be fucking nice? Be cool. That'd be nice. To, to not have to sleep and to not need sleep. Yeah, I don't really like death practice. I love it, but I don't get enough of it or quality of it enough, so I just yeah. assume not sleep. If I could do it without being fucking tired all the time. I've never had that relationship with sleep that a lot of people do where they're like, oh, it's my favorite thing to do, and it's like, oh, really? Oh, it's the best. It's so good. I have never had that relationship with sleep. and it just So good. And sometimes you get lucky and you dream about getting your dick sucked or something, and then it's even better. Now, those I do enjoy. Those yeah, dreams. It's the best. But for the most part, it's just like, feels like death practice, because I don't remember my dreams and shit most of the time, so I wake up and it's like, Ugh. Yeah, most of the time I do, and my dreams are depressing and put me in a fucking foul mood when I wake up. Oh, well, fucking, I always remember those dreams. Yeah. You never remember the good ones, but those ones, oh, you fucking remember. Well, sometimes I remember the good ones. Mm. You have those? Uh-huh. Cool. Oh, the aforementioned dick sucking yeah, dreams. Gotcha. Right. Some nights you're the sucky, sometimes you're the sucker. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Sometimes I dream that I, I walk into a Target and there's a, a forgotten aisle of toys and it's a whole wall of vintage Star Wars figures. I knew that's how it was going to go. Or the people had forgotten about. Yeah. Or I'll, or I'll be going through a storeroom somewhere and there's like a fucking box that's unopened Star Wars figures and I fucking shit a brick. I used to have a dream like that. Weird, we're going into fucking dream talk, but roll with it. One time I had the most realistic dream or the most believable dream when I was a kid okay. that they made a, a 12-inch death squad trooper oh okay and uh an uncle owen and when i woke up i was pissed because they didn't exist yeah see i've had dreams like that because i used to have this dream it occurred quite frequently and it would piss me off when i'd wake up where i would go to a store go to i think i might have told you this before i would go to the book section and i would stumble across this shelf that was like two to three hundred page scooby novels Mm. and there was like fucking 50 of them Mm -hmm. and i would sit there and i would how boring are my dreams? I sit there and I read. Yeah, that's... No wonder you don't have good relationship with sleep. Yeah. Wait, fuck you. I like reading. <laughs> but I would sit there and I would read these books and fucking finish one, put it to the side, start another one, and it's like, this is amazing. I'd grab them up, put them in the cart, we'd get home, and then I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I want those books. That's why you should write them. Yeah, I've thought about that, but I get too close. Characters I'm close to like that, I can't. Mm. it fucks with my head too much and then it's just like nope i'm done because that's why i've had like four or five failed scooby stories in my life because it's just like i can't do it i'm too close to it Mm, that's weird but i think kevin j anderson would be perfect for it using this as an example see how i oh what if he did a what if he did a shamble scooby crossover i would fucking shit a brick yeah that would be an awesome crossover though to see because we've had a few years now of, like, Scooby crossing over with real monsters. Yeah. But to go into, like, a fucking town where real monsters exist, but they're not like, let's fucking tear up this town! Rah! That's something else I didn't I didn't understand about this world until I read this, was that Big Uneasy or whatever, the event that brought all these things back. Which, just to explain what that is again, the Big Uneasy was, I think some kid was fucking around with a copy of the original Necronomicon and read a spell that brought all the monsters and shit back to life. Yeah, and I thought that it was only... I mean, I guess maybe that's how I got confused in that comic, because they were switching between worlds. Yeah. I was thinking that this was only in the unnatural quarter of New Orleans. or Isn't that where it's at, New Orleans? It's never specifically stated that it's in New Orleans, but if you look at the covers for the uh, Kensington books, it's fucking New Orleans. Yeah, but there's just like this one town where all these monsters are, and I just assumed that that's, that town was what was affected. But yeah. it's the whole world, right? And it's just yeah. that's where they all gravitate towards is that town, because... It seems like there's there. pockets of it all over the world, or the country and the world, but yeah, yeah this is one of the biggest concentrations of monsters, I think. Yeah, because nobody fucks with them there. Well, kind of. they do. But... Yeah, but I mean, it, it's kind of like, uh, it, it's where they feel safe together. Yeah. Yeah. But like in book two, uh, Unnatural Acts, that's about somebody trying to pass a law against unnaturals. Okay. So, yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, isn't that the one you... The part no, you the showed f- me with the... The first book is the one that has... Which oh, okay. Which is fucked up, but yeah. It's about kids who were turned into vampires, like, long ago, so technically they are adults. Yeah, they're like 200 they're... years old, but they look like they're eight. Yeah, and some... I think somebody's, like, trying to figure out the legality of it because somebody found a stash of porn with these... Vampire children or whatever. Yeah, and they're trying to figure out, like, is it, like, 
necrophilia porn, or is it like child? I mean, I'd have to vote for its child. They still have a child's body. True, but see, that's where the gray area is because, like, with a child, it's like they don't understand. These are fully know. developed mentally beings. Yeah, you know? but oh, I know. It's, oh, dude, that's no. I, I would. I'd have to err on the side of that's child me too but that's what makes it fucked up yeah that's what makes it fucked up is that's the question you've got to ask in this new reality that's a fucking uncomfortable question too no shit but yeah no that was in the first book but the sample chapter of that is in the third book which is what i gave you a copy of okay which that's the first one i found the third book i found that for a fucking dollar at dollar tree the hair raising one Uh uh-huh I'm looking at it right now, actually. You can read that and not be like, oh, fuck, it doesn't make sense. Because as you saw with this, he fucking explains everything you need to know. I mean, you sort of had some gray areas you didn't fully understand. But for the most part, you got the fucking gist of the world and the story with this, right? More so than with the comic. Yeah. Oh, way more. I mean, there was way more explanation. And Mm -hmm. he does a really good job of explaining stuff naturally. Or yes, orga- like organically and in like the shortest amount of time as possible. It's not like he's. But at the same time, it's like super detailed. Yeah, yeah, it tells you exactly what you need to know in the least amount of words. That's what I've said in my reviews. That's why I've been a big fan of his work since I read Last Days of Krypton, like fucking 10, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah, is because. He gets super detailed, but it's not like fucking Tolkien where he takes a page and a half to describe an Afghan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we get it! It's a fucking Afghan made by elves! Move the fuck on! Yeah. He's super detailed, but it's quick enough that it's like, alright, yeah, I got it. I got all the information I need. Let's keep trucking. Mm-hmm. That's why I can read these fucking shamble books in like four days. Yeah. They're, this was a very quick read. I know mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it because it took me like two days to read it, but that's because I only get to read like five minutes at a time. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. It's like this whole story took me about an hour to read, and that's with taking time from yesterday, and then yeah. I read some today, too. Yeah, if I had to guess, that's probably about the cumulative time that it took me to read it, too. Mm-hmm. Just spread out across 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, though, I don't remember how the PDF looks, but... looks great. Yeah, but I mean, like, the pages. On this, the top has about a third of an inch of empty space, and the bottom of the page has about a half inch. So it's fucking top to bottom yeah, full that's, pages. Yeah, that's like, about what this looks like. Okay, yeah, so... It's, this, the pages are full. Yeah, the 30 pages are, like, really fucking dense. Because I think that's about how long it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's like 30 pages. Yep. Uh, it's 26 yeah, think. about 26 pages, but they're fucking dense pages because, like I said, it's edge to edge almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any more background questions before we dive in? I don't think so. Well, shit, we've almost done 26 minutes on that. Right on. Yeah, so. We're going to do, like, the first three chapters, and then part two yeah. we'll do the, the second three chapters. Mm-hmm. I almost put air quotes around chapters because they're not that long. They're only, like, four pages. Well, but see, that's the thing. With all of his books, a lot of his chapters are like that. He's got short oh, really? chapters to the point that when you're reading, like, this is purely indicative of how a lot of his books are. Yeah, I just thought it was because it was a short story, so it was, like, broken into sections. But yeah. they're short because the story itself is short. Yeah, no. Because, like, I, I didn't books... know if you called them chapters in a short story. That's why I was quoting them. I didn't know what else to call them but chapters. But does a short story actually have chapters, or...? If they're numbered, I guess you do call them chapters. Okay. But, like, a lot of his books, the Shamble books specifically, are all about 300-ish pages. Depends on which 
variation you get from Kensington or from Wordfire. Mm -hmm. They're all roughly 300 pages, but they're like 40 chapters or 50 chapters. So, yeah, the average on that means you've got a lot of like five-page chapters. Yeah. And that's why another reason why I think it's so easy for me to read all of his shit, because you read five pages or four pages, and it's like, well, shit, that was good. Keep going. Then... Before you know it, you're 60 pages in. Oh, yeah, I'm a fan of short chapters. I'm not, I wasn't saying that. Oh, no, 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 I know, um, but I'm just cause, saying. Cause it does make, does make it feel like you're reading the book quicker. Yeah. And there's better places to stop. Like I said, I only get to read, Yeah, yeah. you know, the I, days of me being re- able to read for an hour straight are way long gone. I feel you. So the easier it is to find a place to stop, Yeah. the better. I hate having to stop in the middle of a chapter and then... Fucking A. I hate 20-page chapters and trying to remember what came before and shit. Yep. And sometimes you got to stop in, like, the middle of a page, too, so it's like, Right, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. But, yeah, I do think that's one of the main reasons why I read his shit so fast, because, like, you read five pages, and it's like, my eyes don't hurt, and, you know, I want to read more, so you read another fucking five pages, and another, like I said, before you know, you're 60 pages in, and you're like, fuck it. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anywho, yeah, let's dive in. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah, so I like this. the whole, well, the setting of this story and the whole point of the story is, like you said before, they, they go to this cosplay con, mm-hmm. him and the his cop buddy, he talked him into going working security at this cosplay con Yeah, at the motel six feet under. <laughs> it's pretty good. And that's a fucking easy joke, too, dude. Yeah, I like it, though. And it's like, like why I, has nobody thought of that? I don't know. There's a, several of those. I mean, that's like one of the tropes of this series i think right is those are those kind of punny names i was gonna say yeah it's perfectly punny yeah because like right here it's as you said fucking him and toby go to uh cosplay con but they meet outside dan and uh robin's offices offices Mm -hmm. offices shambo and dyer because robin's last name is dyer so fucking in the books in universe it's shamble and die okay which is a fucking zombie pun you know yeah so yeah it's layers and upon layer upon layer of puns like that and it's like it's fucking awesome because mm-hmm. <laughs> i love a good pun mm-hmm. i liked how he was trying to explain to dan what a cosplay con was what a cosplay was he's like i don't even know what that is yeah and he's like, you know costume playing it's when people dress up as characters he's like oh a trick or treat for grown-ups i get it Pretty much. I was like, damn, that's fucking pretty perfect. That's yeah, a pretty perfect explanation of it. It's trick-or-treat for grown-ups, but it's like, what's the candy? And it's like, well, if they do it good enough, some people make money doing it, so there's your fucking candy. Yeah, some people make money. Some people get their swerve on. Yeah. Some, some people get wasted. And speaking of getting your swerve on, there's a few furry jokes in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the furries that were, like, going after the werewolves, the actual real werewolves. Uh-huh, it's like fucking being Marilyn Monroe or some shit. Yeah, because this, I guess this is, like, a con that they have in this universe all the time, but this yeah. is the first time they've had it in the Unnatural Quarter because they wanted to get real monsters involved. Yeah, it seems like a real Wizard World type thing, where it's a traveling circus type of show. Yeah. In a way, but... Yeah, but it seems smaller because it's all... Yeah, it's... It's like a wizard world, but Archon. Yeah, it seems like everybody's staying. It seems a lot like Archon, like you said. It seems like everybody's staying in the same hotel where the convention is happening. Exactly. And I could see after dark, everybody going over to the fucking hotel and getting shit-faced. Oh, definitely. But yeah. And see, the fucking drunk elf, my story of the drunk elf in 39. Uh Uh-huh. I could see that happening in here perfectly. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, where's my cloud? (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm naked. But, um, yeah, so fucking Magoo 
uh, got hired as extra security for the con, and he got two tickets, so he figured he'd bring Dan along. Right. After he explains what fucking cosplay is. He's not all that interested, actually, to go, right? He's kind of like, uh, this kind of sounds ridiculous. Yeah, for the most part, he's just like, fucking why, man? Because mm-hmm. as he says in here, he's real fucking work-focused. Because again, he's a zombie. He doesn't sleep. What the fuck else does he have to do? Right. Oh, and he explains too, which I don't know if this is a big thing in cosplay, but he kind of beats you over the head for a reason. It's not fucking just there to be annoying, but he kind of beats you over the head with, these people are the characters they're pretending to be. Right. Yeah, it's real big in this. And I I don't think that's, I don't necessarily know that that's a big thing in cosplay, in, in okay. real life cosplay, but I think it was more in this story because that was the whole point of the, I mean, this is a cosplay yes. yeah, convention, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not like a comic convention where there's cosplay happening, this is the other way around, it's, gotcha. this is, the whole point of it is, who's the best cosplayer, you know? Yeah. Well, see, that's a funny thing, too, you draw parallels to uh, Archon with that, too, because... I even said in 39, like, I went to my first Comic-Con, and you went, well, it's a sci-fi convention. And I said, there was, like, three fucking long boxes full of comics. So it was a Comic-Con. It's the same sort of thing. This is not a fucking Comic-Con. It's a cosplay con. Right, right. But there are people there selling comics and shit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, like I said, there's a lot of parallels to Archon in here. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Yeah, I like the, when I get when they get to the hotel, or the Motel 6 Feet Under, <laughs> They, uh, <laughs> they they go to uh, check in or whatever, and mm-hmm. they meet up with the other security guards, quote-unquote, yeah. and, they're, and they're two dudes dressed up as fucking Cylons from the old Battlestar Galactica show. Yeah, and the dude's trying to talk, and they can't really fucking understand him. Mm-hmm. Is it sad that I could read this whole thing and it, I could hear the Cylon voice in my head? Like, it sound I could make the sound in my head? No, because I, I had a lot words. of moments like that, too. <laughs> like, when... They're on the hunt for the killer, and yeah. they go into that room where all the... Uh, the stormtroopers are. Yeah, where all the stormtroopers are, and they're like, come in, but close the door. Right. Because, you know, that's a big thing. Stormtroopers aren't supposed to be seen without their helmets, and a lot of... I know yeah. a lot of 501st people, it's a big no-no to be seen without your helmet on. Sure. Like, in public, not like in a documentary or some shit. Yeah, or like in your personal life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking... <laughs> 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 Can you imagine going to work... Uh-huh. Like, you just have a suit you have a suit and a tie on but you got a fucking stormtrooper <laughs> helmet on because you can't be seen without it <laughs> like a fucking luchador uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey Bill yeah it's, hot. it's a hot one isn't it <laughs> these are not the reports you're looking for <laughs> yeah I'm gonna need you to get it off a space reference I, I got it got it I, anyway I got it yikes Let's leave the jokes on the page, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh But anywho. Oh, good God. (laughs) (laughs) He really does, in this whole short story, he really does, like, flaunt his sci-fi pop culture knowledge. Well, that was part of what I said in my review, too, which, when we get to the part where he meets the uh, cosplayer, Wink Uh Wink, I'll bring up my review again and tell you what it says. But yeah, he fucking... There's a lot of shit that it's like, if he doesn't know about this TV show or this movie, like, he just knows the culture of cons well enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. 
I get what you're saying. Because, like, there's a chunk of this, which, like I said, we'll get to that in the story, that really reminds me of an episode of Monk with Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, um, as you said, they fucking see the security, and they're scanning the room, and they see fuckers dressed as Klingons with, what's their weapons called? A batla? Yeah. I wanted you to say it, because I would fuck it up oh i thought you just didn't want to admit to being a nerd no i know what it is i've seen next gen shut up i will not be pronouncing the klingon's name though why not i don't know how to pronounce that oh is klingon the language sort of based on like hebrew or something what that's racist why i don't know i just felt like jumping on you oh um i i don't know i i I wonder if it is sometimes because he says in here, like, they speak in Klingon and it's real phlegmy or something. And uh, I've heard yeah. a lot of people over the years say, like, Hebrew is a lot of... <laughs> yeah, but that's... I don't think that's really what, what Klingon sounds like, though. It doesn't? I don't think so. It's a lot... It sounds like angry Hebrew to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't remember Klingon being all that phlegmy. It's, it's very, like, like, grunty almost. Or, like, I mean, they sound like animals when they're talking. Dude! That's racist. I mean, the Klingons do, not the Jewish people. (laughs) That's a joke that might need to be cut. You're trying to get me fired. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) I haven't even got my job directing for Marvel yet. Well, we've got to lay the groundwork, dude. That's true. I guess we've got to put down some (laughs) landmines, some time bombs. Little go, they're set to go off in a decade. <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea if that's. I'm not sure if Gene Roddenberry was involved in Klingon. I guess he probably was because they I think they started using Klingon language in the first few Star Trek films. Oh, did they? Yeah, I think so. Because um, Christopher Lloyd spoke it in Star Trek Three. And when did that come out? 1983, two. Oh, okay. Four. So yeah, that was well before. TNG. So yeah, he must have done. Yeah, so I guess maybe. But I, what I was going to say was, I'm not sure if he was Jewish or not. Maybe if he was, then maybe maybe he did base it on Hebrew. I don't know. I don't know either. I was just a guess because, like I said, it seems like angry Hebrew to me. Yeah. Sort of like, you know how German, you can't speak German and sound cute? This is true. <laughs> it's, it's not the prettiest language. No, it's real fucking guttural and like, and I was like, what did he say? Oh, God. And he was like, oh, he said, hi, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. What a side trip. <laughs> uh, okay. Where were we? They were just surveying all the uh, attendees, all the, they all were, the they saw dorks. Klingons and stormtroopers. I was actually surprised. Like, I didn't know how specific he was going to get at this point. But then when he started name checking the 501st, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and another thing, talking about shit like that, you can tell that he wrote a lot of Star Wars. Yeah. Because there's subtle nods that, like, if you didn't know, it would just be like, oh, he knows his Star Wars. Mm. But there's subtle nods to the shit he did in Star Wars. Really? Yeah, well, at one point he talks about, like I said, it's just sort of throwaway if you didn't know Mm -hmm. he worked on Star Wars, where he says something about it looks like Jabba's Palace or the Mos Eisley Cantina. Those short story collections he worked on were set there, and then he makes a specific reference to bounty hunters, too, which 
he worked on that one too. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't even necessarily connect that dot, mm-hmm. other than you know he's written Star Wars. Yeah, like I said, if you don't know, it's just like wow, he knows a lot about Star Wars. But no, he made specific references that if you're in the know mm-hmm. or you need to be reminded uh, <laughs> <laughs> that it's like oh shit yeah because Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Tales from Mos Eisley, Tales from fucking Jabba's Palace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he starts dropping shit like 501st, and you're like, oh my god, he knows things about stuff. Yeah. Well, no, I knew, I knew he knew those things, but I just didn't think he would... I, I didn't know he would get that. I mean, little did I know how detailed he actually gets later. I, I just thought yeah, he was... Well, I just thought he was going to be like, oh, there's stormtroopers and Klingons and, you know. Yeah, you didn't think he was going to fucking whip out what a Klingon's weapon's called. Yeah. Well, see, that's that was another thing when I suggested us doing this for a book club mm-hmm. it's because i knew you'd like me you'd get a kick out of fucking all of the oh i did all the minutiae and the like when he mentions jane's hat yeah i saw yeah and i'm like oh shit god he's fucking hitting it all uh-huh it's like fucking talk he's about touching, deep cuts son. he's touching every every group he can think of Mm-hmm. all are welcome yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> But yeah, he, they see all those people and he's like, oh yeah, because the Cylons are saying they don't think there's going to be any trouble, but you know, it's always better to have some extra security in case. Mm-hmm. And Shambles like, oh yeah, he looks around and there's fucking guys with swords and guns and all kinds of shit. He's like, oh yeah, it doesn't look harmful at all or dangerous at all. And then the Cylon tells him, oh no, those weapons, they're all peace bonded. <laughs> Which that's fucking deep too yeah i was like damn that's i'm not even sure that i knew that that's what that was called well i looked it up and i was like oh shit that is what it's called Uh uh-huh i just always thought it was like they got weapon checked or whatever Mm, well that's what you called it when you talked about going to st louis con is fucking weapon checks and shit yeah so yeah i I didn't know there was like an actual term for it peace bonded sounds so dumb <laughs> it kind of does but it makes sense peace bonded it totally makes sense it's, it's i mean it's exactly what it is it's funny to me when you get into these subcultures and shit and you learn that like they've got their own secret language and shit mm-hmm. and which is crazy when you when you think you're in the subculture and you're like you don't know shit <laughs> you're like oh, yeah, oh my god there's it. a subculture below this one yeah it's like let's speak under this rock mm-hmm. peace bonded oh um, hmm but you see that a lot with wrestling. People will throw out terms like it's fucking... They're saying everyday words like they're saying the or something. Mm. It's like fucking heel face and this shit. And it's like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? It's pretty fucked up when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like a secret code language and shit. Yeah. You know, I was... It's really... It more speaks to the way my mind works and how fucked up my mind is. But the way the world is nowadays, like the zip tie, you put a zip tie on the barrel or whatever, the, whatever they do to show that it's been weapon checked and it's all good yeah what the fuck stops somebody from just putting a zip tie on a real gun and walking right in Uh, yeah know what i'm saying it's not as bad at chicago or even st louis because they have metal detectors now but at the same time as like i've thought about this for a while actually well see i've thought about it with like these blades and shit that they sell there right like they strap it down so it can't come out of the sheath and it's like what's to stop somebody from just being like clip or biting it or whatever like string Right, right. So, yeah, I've thought about it, too. I mean, for fuck's sake, like, ten years ago at Comic-Con, somebody got stabbed in the eye with a protractor. Yeah, or a 
was it a protractor or a compass? Either one. It's like, that's the nerdiest fucking crime I've ever heard of. Right. Well, it's not nerdy to the guy who lost his fucking eye, I'll tell you that much. No, it's... That shit was fucking hardcore. Yeah, it's Although now he gets a sweet patch. There you go. He could be fucking Snake Plissken now. He's got the best snake... He's got the best Snake Plissken cosplay (laughs) in the whole circuit. That or, like, a pirate. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Anywho... Uh, is this book club or a main show? Nah, I don't know. It's hard to fucking tell. Oh. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, so they get through the check, and um, what happened next? <laughs> I, sometimes I swear to God, it's like I've never read these books. I know, it's funny. I just finished reading it, and you're like, what? Wait, what happened? Yeah, because it's like, I remember the end. <laughs> and you fucking read it twice. I know. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, well, come on, Mr. Big Nuts. You fucking read it, too. Well, nothing. They just go on into the con, and, and then, then he kind of gets into the whole talking about how this is the first year they've had this con in the Unnatural Quarter, and then he goes more into uh, the history of the monster reappearances and stuff, and they all gather in this section of the city. He gives a little history of himself. and Oh, yeah, that's where he talks about the monthly maintenance spells and shit. Right. Yeah, he goes, oh, and he goes, and he says he, he insists on maintaining his physical appearance, bathing regularly, going for scheduled top-offs at the embalming parlor. I was like, oh, that was really gross. Yeah, that's another thing I forgot to mention. In one of the books, he got his, like, his arm fucking blown off or something, or well, shot he off says, or something. Well, he says, he mentions that in, in here, that he didn't want to get into a fight with one of these Klingons, because he's already had his arm ripped off or cut off or something. I didn't know that actually happened in one of the books. Yeah, and there was this girl she i think she was a zombie that she was one of the fucking shamblers i think is what he calls them okay or maybe i don't know what i don't remember what the fuck he calls them anyway she was one of the more slow and dim-witted zombies because uh she'd she been like blown to pieces <laughs> well that too <laughs> but she'd been like fucked up and shot to pieces or something and this chick that runs the embalming parlor stitched her back together. Okay. So she's sort of a fucking Franken freak. Okay. That's why he keeps his jacket, sport coat, whatever you want to call it, because I think the girl's name is Wendy. She fixed it up and she did a decent enough job for somebody that's like, I've got four thumbs on one hand. Yeah. So, yeah, that's from the embalming parlor. Mm, okay. History. Giving you history. Gotcha. Yeah, but you're right. Then he then he talks about the monthly maintenance spell. But it's funny when he starts talking about like the 48 different Doctor Who's or whatever. Yeah, it was funny because they they started to go into a. He almost baited him into like like he said, well, I don't want to get in the Abbott and Costello routine because he says, yeah. there's the Doctor. How many can you name? And he's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. He fucking starts breaking uh, Magoo's balls, and he's like, I didn't know you were a fanboy. And he's like, not to this extent, but, you know, I've got a TV, and I'm culturally aware. Yeah, so then everybody's asking, like, when Van Helsing's going to go on stage. Everybody's waiting for the Van Helsing panel. Because that's the big draw, apparently. Yeah, which I thought was, I mean, it makes sense once you get to it, but I was like, well, that's, that's odd. And it's not clear until you get to that point that this dude doesn't claim he's a cosplayer. He claims he is Van Helsing, which confuses things because, again, everybody there claims they are who they say they are. Right. That was one of the things I was going to bring up. I was getting a little bit lost, or not lost, but having a little bit... I I couldn't tell who was really supposed to be the person, and, Uh like, really the only one I had a problem with was was Van Helsing, and and later on they do 
he does explain it. Yeah. But at first, I was like, is this is this really a real Van Helsing, or is this a guy dressed up as like is he uh is he just a celebrity cosplayer, and that's why everybody loves to boo him and stuff, but still wants his autograph and. Yeah, because it sort of seems like a rock star type of reception well it seemed or, like a it seemed like a heel like a wrestler going back to wrestling it seemed like he well, was, I was playing say, or, a heel character or sort of like if you've ever seen any of bruce campbell's panels where sometimes if you didn't know any better you would think that he doesn't really like his fans yeah because he's like real ball breaky when they're like look at my tattoo and he's like what the fuck would you do something stupid like that for <laughs> it's sort of like that because people are cheering or booing him or whatever and he's like yeah let's kill some vampires Woo! type of thing yeah so yeah that was interesting but i don't know if that's in this section or if it's in the next the van helsing thing no i just mentioned it because while they're standing there looking at everything some dude is like hey when's van helsing going on mm-hmm, yeah oh and there's the the red shirt gag i like that too there's quite a few of them too. yeah well i mean they keep popping up in in different places but yeah the star trek red shirt guys walk by and shambles like i don't i don't understand how these guys are security there or why would you wear a shirt so tight that just (laughs) accentuates your scrawny chest and arms Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's like well if this is what kirk had no wonder the show got canceled he doesn't get that the red shirts are always the ones to get killed exactly yeah yeah. here's where he sort of talks about his look and shit and again it's like i said he gives you all the fucking details you need without fucking beating you over the head to the point you're like i get it it's an afghan right talking about how him and uh magoo are dressed and somebody comes up and is like tj hooker not shatner's best yeah yeah they, they think he's dressed up as a cop character and and they think he's a fake dan shamble yeah and it's like that's kind of fucked up because tj hooker was actually a decent show oh i, I never even watched it really nah why i don't know i don't give a fuck about no tj hooker yeah i'm not a fan of like cop shows and shit which you would think i was by all the detective shows i watch but yeah no it wasn't too bad i don't know never interested me i'm not saying like it's the fucking greatest cop show ever but it's oh yes you did you just did no i didn't no definitely just did but yeah it's it's fucking shatner running around being like let's get the crooks or whatever the fuck he said i don't know i haven't seen it in years dude get off my nuts hold on to the hood of this car yeah we're gonna go over here pull the criminals you're under arrest. You That's have the right terrible chatter. to remain silent. Cut! Anyway, suddenly there's screams from the mezzanine, and they all go running over there, and there's a bunch of fuckers Oh, yeah, and that's where, he, that's where he mentions, I use the term ran loosely since my joints are stiff enough that it takes me a while to get up to speed. Yeah, which that's uh, actually played with. I think we talked about this when we went last year to see episode... No, because it was before that. I guess it would have been Thor. The opening chapter of book six is like him and Magoo running after this demon. Mm-hmm. That's just like fucking swatting people to the side. There's skeletons walking down the street. He's knocking them over. So you've got a pile of bones on the ground. Like, this is fucked up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, fucking Magoo's running ahead of him. And he's like, I'll be there in a second. Because uh, uh, he's all stiff and shit. Because again, zombie. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, there is a good sense of continuity like that. Unlike, you know, how in some books and shit, like, something happens to somebody and then they sort of forget it the next time. Yeah. Little character details like that where it's like, well, in the fucking last book, he... 
had trouble running because he was a zombie. But in this book, he's running fine. Why is that? And it's like, oh, no, he just said he's trying to get up to speed. Okay. Everything works again. All is right in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a bunch of fuckers dressed as Mandos and Jedis fighting with some fuckers dressed as Klingons. And they're all like, no, Star Trek is better. No, Star Wars is better. Mm-hmm. Which... Again, I know I mentioned that in my review because he perfectly encapsulates and nails the petty bullshit fighting of fans. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, no matter how much people are like, fucking, I'll read Marvel and DC. There's always people being like, no, fuck you, DC's better, or no, fuck you, Marvel is better. Yeah. And your mom's a whore. Yeah. Type of shit. But I don't, I have never seen this at a con. No, I mean, but... I've never seen that happen, but... I, no, but you know it exists. Yeah. It might not be displayed outwardly in public, but I know it no. exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has for, like, fucking ever. Yeah. Oh, there's a... I mean, there's a fucking fatal three-way between Star Wars, Star Trek, and then Battlestar Galactica at the bottom being like... Us too! I love this part, though, where it says, uh, No Star Wars. The intellectual debate continued in that fashion for a few more exchanges before the groups ran forward and clashed. An all-out <laughs> brawl. brawl. <laughs> <laughs> which, if you've got, like, monsters and shit mixed in, which he makes it clear throughout the books that, like, werewolves are pretty aggressive. Yeah. As you would fucking expect. You know? Sure. So if you've got fucking werewolves mixed in with Klingons and fucking wolf Jedis and shit, yeah, I could see it breaking down into an all-out brawl. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, the fluorescent tube lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> and they're careful not to damage them. Yeah, they don't want to damage them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Klingons <laughs> are trying to pull their batless out, but they're fucking tied down, so they can't get yeah. them out. But it's funny here where he says group of red shirts rushed into the fray trying to drive the combatants apart eventually mm. the klingons brushed themselves off and the 501sters adjusted their body armor somehow the only ones generally battered bruised and injured in the fight were the red shirts uh, of course <laughs> <laughs> oh, jesus christ it's good <laughs> and like i said that does come back a couple times oh yeah yeah there's a really good one later. yeah i know the van helsing one at the end i know exactly what you're thinking <laughs> that of was yeah perfect i was like oh that's fucked up <laughs> but that's exactly what would happen. I know. But here we're starting to get into the part where um, Shamble and uh, what's-his-fuck Magoo sign in. Mm-hmm. Are they trying to sign in some broads like... Oh, she comes up to him and she's the co- one of the costume judges. That's right, yeah. And like totally fucking rips on Shamble's yeah. costume. Yeah. She's even like, the bullet hole in your forehead's wrong. It's not even in the right spot. And, and your exit wound on your forehead's at least a centimeter off, mm-hmm. is what she says. And that makeup's terrible. Yeah, it should be more blended. <laughs> what was that old story, like, fucking Groucho Marx entered a look-alike contest and came in fourth or something? <laughs> oh, really? Uh, it sounds like that's possible. Yeah, I don't know if it was Groucho, but some old fucking comedian vaudevillian, some shit, they entered, like, a look-alike contest, and people were like, this one's way better, and it's like, I'm the real fucking thing! Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what he tells her, too. But I'm the real one. I am dan shambo uh-huh and she's like oh yeah everybody says that yeah she says i think she says she's seen a few others doing it right right and then she kind of blows him off as like fucking subpar asshole mm-hmm. and now we get into the real meat of the story because after she disses him then there's another blood-curdling scream uh-huh and he says not the good kind <laughs> 
it's sort of getting to that clue vibe where we've had with a few stories where it's like everybody run this way now run that way right. and run over oh there. yeah it did kind of feel like that i don't know if that was intentional or not but if so it's like that's a good fucking i don't know would you call that a subtle reference to i mean i guess maybe probably probably not intentional but yeah i'm sure it's chance but even so it's like that's a good fucking tie to be able to make mm. really bugs me how shitty people are about that movie oh it's fucking great i know we've been over this many times but motherfucker it's mm. good so they race to the source of the scream and get into this room and find a one of the 501st stormtroopers sprawled out on the ground with a stake driven through his chest tk9399 yep and uh, one of the Klingons is standing over him, and he's like, I, I just found him like that. I don't know what to do. I poopied a little bit. <laughs> well, that's convenient. You guys were just fighting, and now one of them's got a stake through the heart. Mm-hmm. Nice. Prime cut. Wait, what? Huh? No. Not that kind. Him. And a bunch of fucking stormtroopers come running up. They're like, oh, no, it's TK-9399. <laughs> Call me nines. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he's like, how can you tell? And he's like, well... Look, it's the, look at the red shoulder pauldron. It's very distinctive. <laughs> uh-huh. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the doctor gag was pretty good. Yeah. Is there a doctor in the house? And all the fucking Doctor Who cosplayers run up with their sonic screwdrivers like a couple of dummies. And he's like, okay, fuck. <laughs> Somebody call an ambulance. Yeah, never mind. Just call an ambulance for fuck's sake. Yeah, him and Toby go running up, though, and they're trying to figure out what the fuck happened. And this Klingon walks up and says, I am what? What's the name? Nope, I'm not going to try it. Come on. Nope. No? You just call him. The Klingon uh, they talk to says. <laughs> hang on one second. What, buddy? No, because it's going to make noise and it's going to show up on my recording. You okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can, you can hang out if you want. Try not to make a lot of noise with that, okay? All right. You did that on purpose because you know I'm going to cut this. Yep. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, the Klingon that they talked to... It's like Oclohect. I thought you weren't going to try it. I kept trying it in my head thinking maybe that that was a... That's um, not too bad, though. If you say it the right way, maybe it's a... a hidden word or something you know okay now you got me wondering if it's backwards or something no it's definitely not backwards there's too many q's and g's in there for it to be backwards <laughs> there's one q and one g fool yeah and they're right in the middle of the words they can't be backwards there's no words that have a q in the middle of it How do without you know? a u, without a u maybe it's supposed to be a p but it's turned around to be a q <laughs> <laughs> oh so it's not just backwards it's a mirror reflection too yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe it's fucking upside down, too. And maybe it's upside down, backwards Braille Bible. Maybe it's in the fourth dimension you can read it. <gasps> oh! Anyway, <laughs> so they run up and they're like, who the fuck are you? And this broad's like, oh, don't worry about it. She was with me. She didn't do it. And it's like, bullshit, I just saw you upstairs in this fucking Klingon fuck. Playing a Klingon is like, you calling me a liar, motherfucker? Mm-hmm. The stereotypical hefty woman playing the yeah, Klingon. Well. Yeah, because yeah, it's very rare. Mention- it's very rare, actually, that you find a an attractive Klingon cosplayer. Yeah, but he did say she's a loud and busty clingy, clingy, <laughs> loud, busty, and clingy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, a loud, busty Klingon woman. Yeah, right. So yeah, they go up to check on the body again, and one fucker's like, "Take off his bucket," mm-hmm. and Dan's like, "Huh? What the fuck you mean bucket?" Mm-hmm. And uh, they 
take his mask off and he's a vampire <gasps> oh my shit i wonder if they turned to dust in this well that's first. what i wondered because i i was like huh i guess they must not yeah they must not turn to dust or implode or whatever yeah i'm, I'm wondering if like just their skin's like <sighs> it burns off like raider style and you're left with a skeleton oh i didn't even think about that i just assumed they could see his fangs or something uh, that's possible i guess I mean, I thought he looked normal just with uh, vampire fangs. You could see fangs. his pointy bite bites. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably closer to the truth. Or maybe, you know, his face is probably pale. and Although, I guess you're probably kind of pale after you get stabbed through the heart with a stake anyway, so. Yeah, a little bit, but when they removed his helmet, it was daylight, so he'd have burnt up anyway. Not inside the building. Why not? There's no sunlight in the, inside the building. Did it say that? Dude, you've been to a convention. Is there sunlight inside those rooms? There was in the hallway uh, where this happened. Uh, 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 uh has to be direct sunlight, by the way, too. Uh, then why do fucking vampires sleep in the dark? Safety. Oh, they gotta be safe, but fucking sunlight in a con hallway ain't gonna kill them. I don't know. What am I, the fucking biographer? You're talking bullshit right now, ain't you? I guess. That's some bullshit right there. <laughs> I don't know, take it up with Joss Whedon, because that's, that's his rule. Well, fucking motherfucker Joss Whedon, he don't know shit about fuck. What'd he ever create? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he stole it from what's her name what's what's the who created dracula mary Sh no that's frankenstein that's frankenstein no it wasn't a girl that it wasn't a girl that created dracula it was fucking uh <gasps> bram stoker <laughs> bram stroker ace yeah oh god anyway yeah so they fucking get rid of the body the ambulance comes the meat wagon i guess you would call it but mm -hmm. they truck that out and yeah, then they, then they see the, the Klingons hanging out in the coffee shop because they're, like, having a drink to the, the dead stormtrooper's soul or whatever. Yeah, and it goes to the special place that Klingons go. Yeah. What's it called? You Stovokar? can pronounce Stovokor, yeah. Stovokor, yeah. You can pronounce that. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to show your nerdy style. I think, it, I think it's funny, too. He, he even mentions, like, they didn't really get into the... It even sparked a discussion of whether Star Wars fans could even go to Stovacor. <laughs> or if uh -huh. it was only Star Trek fans that could do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Which, when did that come in? Because I don't remember that in TNG, the first season. Stovacor? I don't know. I'm sure it, it probably came Oh, in. acting like you don't know all about Star Trek and every fucking little... I mean, I don't know every little detail, but if I had to guess, I would guess it came in probably when Worf got his wife and had that kid and he started to learn more about his family. Oh, about uh, Klingons and why he was always so like, I will fuck you up! Yeah, because you know he was raised by humans, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so... Yeah, because when they ran into those Klingons the first time, they were like, you're a betrayal or whatever and he's like the fuck you talking about they're like you're Klingon you shouldn't be acting like you're one of these fucking retards in your star fleet yeah well I mean the whole thing was his father was supposedly a traitor yeah or some kind of traitor coward something and then it turns out spoilers in later seasons that they're able to prove that he was framed for it and all that stuff so his house honor got restored or whatever the hell but oh okay yeah it was a whole it was a whole big thing some of the middle to later seasons of tng mm -hmm. and i think even into ds9 they were examining that stuff especially with his brother with tony todd okay yeah 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 yeah. that's right he was they really got into some of that stuff kind of deep but i'm guessing that's where it, it would have come in at was during that because it definitely wasn't in the original series or the i don't think it was even in the films mm. Well, all right, then. Back to the story. So there, am I su sufficiently nerdy for you? Oh, yeah, you fucking... 
proved you've got a dry wee-wee. Mm, yep. <laughs> Not as dry as you'd think. <laughs> oh, God. Nap time? <laughs> <laughs> now I know what you meant when you said finished. Uh-huh. Um. It's, uh... <laughs> I had to knock her out. Why do you think I got to read this story so fast? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> Not in a Bill Cosby way. Oh, go, 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 chew! Oh, God damn. Let's uh, move on. Yeah. So they put the motel on lockdown and the the hotel manager is like, so go ahead put it on lockdown nobody's leaving anyway because mm-hmm. this is con weekend bitch that's right it's funny and they they wheel the dude out they're like he never stopped trooping yeah i was gonna say fucking. <laughs> that's pretty funny these fuckers are all like he never stopped trooping mm-hmm. oh i love him <laughs> yeah so magoo's like dude i might need your help and dan throws out his uh Kind of his catchphrase. Oh, the cases don't solve themselves. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's when he starts getting all peppy because he's like, you did promise me this would be fun because up until this point, he's like, what a bunch of fucking nerds. And now he's like, yeah, yeah case like, to yeah, solve. death and mayhem. Which also reminds me a bit of Monk because Monk was never fucking into shit unless there was a body. Oh, really? Yeah. Something for him to occupy his mind and make right in the world because got, nature yeah. was too chaotic. Gotcha. And also, nature is bullshit. <laughs> That's not a monk quote. That's a me quote. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then, so here's where they get their assistant. They get some unsolicited help from one of the cosplayers. Who is dressed as? Dan Shamble, zombie PI. Oh, my shit. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it starts to remind me of that episode of Monk with Stanley Tucci. Okay. Because there was this um, episode of Monk, I think it was called, like, Mr. Monk and the Actor, mm-hmm. where they were making a movie about a case and Stanley Tucci had been cast as Monk. Okay. So Stanley Tucci was sort of shadowing and I I don't think he was Stanley Tucci in the episode but that's who fucking played him. Yeah. He was shadowing Monk to figure out how to act like him. Yeah. They did and, something similar with um, now that you mentioned that they did something similar on that Andrew Dice Clay show that was on Showtime mm-hmm. it was just called Dice mm-hmm. and Adrian Brody was cast like, he played himself in the show, and he was cast yeah. to play a... I don't know if he was cast to play Dice in a movie, or a Dice-like character. He wanted to use him as inspiration. Gotcha. So, he shadowed him, and then by the end, he, it almost turned into, like, single white female. By the end, he was... Exactly. Like, taken over his persona. Uh-huh. It was funny. That's what Stanley Tucci did. Yeah, it was so funny. And at the end, it's like, this is creepy, and I think at one point, Stanley Tucci tried to kill Monk to replace him. Oh, okay. Yeah, it didn't go that far. Like, oh, shit, that's creepy. Mm. But yeah, this dude comes up and he's like fucking, hey, I'm Dan Shambles, I'll be P.I. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it is Dan's reaction. He notices that the bullet hole on his... Uh, on his forehead was a little off. Yes. Yeah, which that's a nice little... Uh, Subtle as fuck. Yeah, I didn't even catch it until... Next episode, we're going to get into that hardcore. Yeah, I was I didn't catch it until I was almost to the end of the book, and things were being revealed, and I was like, oh, uh-huh. that's why. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. That makes total sense. But yeah, he was like a total mirror image of him almost. The costume was so good. Mm-hmm. And like 
down to the bullet holes in the coat. Mm-hmm. Everything looked almost perfect, except the bullet hole was a little off on his forehead. Yep. Because I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but that's how Dan died. Somebody, oh, yeah. he was investigating uh, Spooky, his girlfriend Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. He was investigating her death. Somebody walked up behind him and put a gun to the back of his head and shot him, killed him. Oh, okay, yeah. That's why he's got the exit wound on his forehead. Okay. And, like, there are ways he could putty it over, but it, he doesn't like it. It just feels weird, and it's a nuisance to have to keep getting, like, mortician's putty put in it. Yeah. So he's just like, fuck it. That's fucking And I morbid. think they make a couple jokes sometimes about, like, if the wind hits it just right, it'll, it'll whistle. whistle. <laughs> That's funny. But anyway, and this is where it goes into uh, this cosplayers like i've read all your books and dan's like they're not my books they're they're written by somebody else and only loosely based on me yeah you're right reading this again it doesn't it doesn't seem like he's hinting that it's kevin j anderson yeah i thought it leaned on that a little more but now that you say now that you explain what it really means it makes it's clear that that's not he wasn't trying to do that yeah but um dan tells him as long as you remember that i'm the real one i'll call you fan bull (laughs) (laughs) That was one that's a little hokey to me. Yeah, but I mean, it fits. It does, but it, it feels kind of clunky, too. Fanbull? Well, it's yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the Klingon. That was easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the dude's like, but I'm, I gotta, sorry, I got a cough drop. That's when the dude's like, but I gotta believe I'm you. It's cosplay. I'm in character. Mm-hmm. And that's where they start leaning heavy on that. Again, because there's banners all over in the convention center and all these people are telling him, like, I am this person, you know? Right. Like, the whole Doctor Who thing where he's like, is there a doctor in the house? And these fuckers come up and they're like, here's my vibrator. <laughs> That's a joke because the new Doctor Who, her fucking screwdriver looks like a vibrator. No, it does not. Yeah, it does, dude. Well, they all kind of do. But this one really does. Why, does it have balls attached to the bottom? No. Well... It's just got soft, rounded edges and shit. And it sort of got a really phallic shape. Hmm. <laughs> Have you seen it? You're gonna get us censored. Why? Dr. I'm Kim not the Community. only one who said that. I've seen a lot of people on the internet being like, Finally, we get a woman Doctor Who, and her fucking sonic screwdriver looks like a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. trying to avoid a bunch of jokes right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm trying to act like I'm not tempted to make dirty jokes. <laughs> oh, what's what's with the change of heart all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I'll cut it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't help that somebody's down here with me. Oh, gotcha! <laughs> oh, that's why you're not playing into all my reindeer games. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> shit just got extra clear right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> bigger on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's good. So Shamble and Shamble, Shamble and Fanble, mm-hmm. they start interviewing suspects, right? Right. While Magoo's like, I gotta go talk to these techs, they say they've got some fucking info about some bullshit. And... Yeah, which turns out to be nothing. They got shit. Yeah, so they go to meet the, uh... The stormtroopers. Yeah, this is this is where they go to that room where the where they're all hanging out. I thought they were gonna be in there 
fucking. Yeah, I did actually. He's like, and I, we opened the door, and and it was not the surprise I was expecting, and I was like, oh my god. And then it was like, and they were half dressed, and I was like, oh my god. And then it turned out it was they were just. And everybody's sweaty and oh. But they were just readjusting their gear. Yeah. Cooling off and whatnot. Which I've heard a lot of five o firsters are this fucking hardcore about their shit. Like I sort of mentioned it earlier, where they're not supposed to be out of gear and shit, but they're like real fucking anal about that. Yeah. They're hardcore about that, except that they're not hardcore enough they allow, like, a 400-pound stormtrooper. Yeah. I've seen that a couple times, and it's like, look, I'm big, huge, fat ass, and I would love to be able to troop or whatever. That would be so much fun, I think. But I know I don't fit into that costume. Well, fucking, didn't you ever see the episode of Family Guy? Peter fit into it, so it works. Yeah, well, Hutch fit into it, too, and Fanboys, but... That's such a good movie, that don't mean That don't mean it looks right. Okay. Like, I could maybe cosplay as the Rancor Keeper. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I don't want that mental image. Oh, God. Although, did I tell you... Tiny ball hair sticking out the side. Did I tell you that Molly tried to get me a job one time working for somebody as a uh, Darth Vader? Uh, like, like no. They, like, they had the suit and everything. No, you didn't tell me that. I think you could fucking rock that. I could... Maybe. I might just be fat Darth Vader, but part of it was I, I wanted to make sure... I wanted her to send me a picture of the costume first because I didn't want to. It's less screen accurate. Bag. Fuck it. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't want to be ghetto Darth Vader. Okay, if, like if this person because it sounded like it was just somebody who had a, a character business where you could rent characters for parties and stuff. <laughs> it sounded like somebody with a fetish and they wanted to chain you in a basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the price was right, I'd be down with that. But I'd be, I'd be I'm way more picky about Darth Vader costumes. So, I wanted to know that it was going to look good and not be like a black trash bag with a Don Post mask on top. (laughs) Or a Ben Cooper mask, I mean. I know what you meant. But I never got a picture and nothing ever else came of it, but... Because I, I was like, I was like, I want the voice box. I want the whole thing, dude. I don't want, I don't want to have to be like, oh, hello, little boy. You know? Wow. I know that sounded, that didn't sound good. <laughs> oh, hello, little boy. <laughs> but, but, but Why are you crying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted it to, to be like, Good. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be fat Darth Vader and ghetto Darth Vader. I can't be fat ghetto Darth Vader. I could pull it off if the suit makes up for it. Then, but nothing ever came of it. Anyway, the fucking that was, mask was like one of those respirator masks for like spray painting and shit. Uh huh. <laughs> it was really just a moon suit that was spray painted black. A biohazard suit. <laughs> Hey, kids, it's Darth Vader. Oh, wow, it's new from Kenner, the hazmat Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, aren't we reading something? We might have been. Oh, God, dude, we're coming up on an hour and a half. I know. Is this where you... No, it's not where you said it. Oh, yeah, it is. As they're going to that room where the stormtroopers are, Yeah. people were, like, giving them compliments and stuff on their realistic costumes, and mm-hmm. then uh, he checked out that dude again, and then this is where he's like, huh, no, that bullet hole is right. It is in the right spot. Uh-huh. Oh, I must not have noticed it correctly the first time. We look like twins. Mm-hmm. But the grin on his face made him appear immature and idiotic. <laughs> That's how you really mm-hmm. feel, Danny. Do I really look like that? Don't smile so much, I said. <laughs> <laughs> they get an Edward from Twilight cosplayer to tell them where the 
stormtroopers went. Yeah, who didn't look like any real vampire I had ever seen in the quarter. <laughs> uh-huh. Ha ha! Ha ha. Subtle fuck you to Twilight. Which, speaking of, did you see that, I think it was a tweet from Stephen King the other day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, Harry Potter's all about love and friendship and getting past biases and shit like that. Yeah. Twilight's about how badly you need a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was that was a pretty sick burn. Oh, yeah. But then he calls, he in here, he calls him a imitation sparkler. <laughs> I saw that. I was getting ready to say that, too. So, yeah, they head into this room with a bunch of fucking Star Wars fans. Star Wars fans. 501st people. They start asking about this fucker that got staked and shit. Right. And it turns out that, like, there was one of the troopers was not happy about this dude being a vampire and continuing to, to troop. Uh-huh, because his shit wasn't exactly screen accurate because he was a vampire and he had to put sun shielding in. Yeah. Sorry, my, uh, made some dressing and cranberry sauce. What the fuck, am I in a time warp? Let's do Why? I thought maybe it was November already. Well, this... Is going to go up in November, so yeah. Mm, that's a good point. We're just getting prepared for when services rendered drops. Mm. Yeah, it's good. I can't eat right now, Mom. I'm trying to record. Quit fucking trying to pull me away. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, they get into that room and start interviewing the 501st members. Like I said, that's where it comes out that one of their one of their members, who conveniently isn't in this room right now, mm-hmm. was all pissy because the guy that got murdered was a hardcore Star Wars fan, and then he got killed, and they came back and just kept being a hardcore Star Wars fan and trooping and all that shit. But like you said, he has to he modified his armor so that he could be out in the daylight, mm-hmm. and uh, then that made it not canon. So this guy was like all fucking pissed off about it. And I like this part here where he talks about other fans though, and they love going to the quarter to do it because they get. Like, they were trying to get a real ghost Obi-Wan and Anakin. Oh, yeah. And maybe even a troll dressed, a troll dressed up as Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. That, I thought, was really fucking cool. Right. That would be really cool. But that that makes me wonder, like, I don't know. Never mind. That's that's getting way too deep. What? So, how does a ghost cosplay? Uh, Well, How's... like, when Dan and Cheyenne go out on dates and shit, she can put on different clothes. Because really? one time she put on, like, it's obviously it's see-through and not like, oh, I can see your nipple. But her form is sheer, but, like, she put on, like, a sparkly red dress one time but is it when they real? went out. But is it real, or does it turn into ghostly dress? It's it's just what they put on. What It's how they choose to appear. So, like, a fucking... Oh, I get it. Okay. Ghost cosplayer could put on Jedi robes and carry a lightsaber. A ghost lightsaber. Yeah, I get it, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a lot of times where... In pop culture, you see when people die and they turn into ghosts, like they wear what they died in forever. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, they can change their appearance clothing-wise. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, then yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And then it's funny. This is the part here where I said there's subtle nods to the shit he's done because it says Star Wars is a pretty diverse universe. Think of the cantina scene or Jabba's palace. Yeah, they go down a list of all these aliens and then the one dude's like, ugh. Chiss and Coms and Death Amiria are from the expanded universe. I hear even uh-huh. Disney's dumping those now. <laughs> and the other guy's like, they still count. Yeah. It's funny. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> but then it says, point is, everybody gets along just fine. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do they? Yeah. Do they, Maybe when this was written. I liked the sign or the line where he said, uh, and don't mention Gungans. I want to charge our free convention. <laughs> yeah. That's where it's funny. like, oh my God, you sound like Star Wars fans. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's just like, oh, he knows us well. I I think he's one of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, fucking... They're talking about the purity of Star Wars, and one of them's like, fucking holiday special asshole? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then they said, like like you were saying, they were trying to set up that TK, the guy that got murdered, wanted to set up an unnatural quarter garrison. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they said they had just had a huge argument before the con started. And then Shamble's like, oh, well, don't you think that's a little suspicious that they had a huge argument and now he's dead? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, he couldn't have done it because, like, there was all kinds of stuff going on. And the, the meeting gets broken up or whatever because they're like, oh, shit, Van Helsing's about to go on stage and the 501st was going to escort him, be his honor guard to take him up on stage, you know? So that's why they were readjusting all their gear. Yeah, and everybody starts getting all their gear. See, it's funny when they say buckets because I'm used to what the Mandos call them in the nice or, uh Republic Commando books. Yeah, what do they which call Which it them? was like, well, it was the Mandalorian word was like by sea or something like that. Oh my god. Okay. Sh- shut the fuck up. Good. <laughs> and, uh, which was basically like fucking the same thing, but it was in Mandalorian. Of course. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and, yeah, so any fucking god. Damn, you could ruin a wet dream, couldn't you? No, we already talked about that. I don't do that. I enjoy those. Uh, but yeah, everybody starts getting geared up, and Dan's like, whoa, because they all look identical. Yeah. Except, you know, there's one that's a little short. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a nice joke, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he says, how can you tell each other apart? One of them says, we are supposed to be clones. And they march We are out. supposed to be clones. Stop. Okay, I'll stop. No, I'm just saying Stop. <laughs> I know. Stop the discussion because... Don't you say another fucking word! Are they supposed to be clones? Well, pre-Disney wipe, they were. George said that himself, remember? Mm, yeah, no, but I thought he said that... Well, I mean, I guess... Yeah. But I mean, I think George, he, he also said that there, there were humans mixed in. They weren't yeah, all clones. I think he did say there were some clones... Left over and some... There were a lot of clones left over because, remember... In episode two, he had Boba bump his head. Yeah. That was because of the dude in episode four that bumped his head, and he said it was like a genetic defect type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, there were plenty of clones in the uh, original trilogy. Right, okay. It was sort of like it is now, but Disney's more like, no, the clones were retired before then. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I did, I, I also, I guess, I don't have context of how old this short story collection is uh well this story was first published in 2014 okay so that was pre fiction river fantastic detectives that christine Catherine roush i guess edited okay so yeah he Hmm. probably wrote it before just before the eu wipe i guess or maybe just after when it was still unclear of, like, well, what are the fucking new rules then? Right. Because, yeah, fucking, what was it? Uh, Force Awakens came out in 15, didn't it? It sure did. So, yeah, this would this would have been right around the time that the EU wipe happened. When people were still unsure and Disney hadn't made it clear yet that uh, the clones had been mothballed. Right. So, yeah. Hmm. That's, uh... The that's, first three chapters. That's the first three chapters, and that's almost a two-hour episode. I know. Hmm. Fuck. <laughs> and to think, we didn't think it would go that long. Nope. We're like, I don't know, can we split this in two episodes, or do you think we should just do one? Uh-huh. I mean, we could just do it as one, and it'd be like a three-hour episode. Uh, I don't really want to cut that either. No. No. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's the first half, and 
I mean, we sort of already talked about it, but how did that? How did you feel about all of that? I liked it. I thought I thought it was good. Like I said, it was it's just kind of a breezy, quick. Um, <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> well, we make it sound like it's not, but I mean that was only thirteen pages. We only discussed twelve and a half pages. Yeah. <laughs> but fucking all, oh, it's quick, easy, it's breezy, it's Cover Girl, and it's like, really? Why did we have an hour and twenty minute episode? Well, because for an hour we talked about bullshit that wasn't related to this <laughs> story, or only tangentially related. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun though. But, it was um, fun. I'm just saying. Yeah, clearly I loved it though. Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. It was about this part of the story where I I wasn't sure exactly where it was going. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean. It, we're just now like getting to the mystery of it yeah which i'll read the rest of my review next time mm-hmm. but i just realized i made a really filthy joke in there and i didn't realize it at the time because mm-hmm. it's just normal to me and you know how months later you go back and read something and it's like whoa that's dirty yeah i did make a d- filthy joke surprise surprise well that's i can't i can't believe it yeah so um you're fired no I, not yet i have to sever all ties with you now Ten years, then you can sever ties. Okay. And act like, you know, you never knew and you were shocked. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Oh, he was always is... such a clean guy when I talked to him. <laughs> he never said cocksucker once. He never told me once to suck two dicks. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't even know, know what that is. I don't even know what that what? means. A dick? How do you suck it? Mm-hmm. Like a vacuum and a guy named Richard? I don't understand this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, so that's episode one of Role Model. I guess we don't really need to banter anymore. We just fucking wrap it up, don't we? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so since we've bantered enough, let's talk about next time when we come back with the next three chapters. That'll be next time. There we go. We talked about it. Thank yous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) If only this was a main show, it would be an off the rails as well. Very likely. Anywho, thank yous. As per usual, go to at the J Sarge for our um, opening music. Fucking shit sounds good, doesn't it? That new theme? Uh-huh. Yeah. At Sherry Says did the logo that we used for this. I was trying to get somebody to do a new logo for us. Because I wouldn't, I, I'd like to have distinct logos for all our shows. But <laughs> Anyway. But yeah, thanks to Aunt Sherry Says for doing our logo that we use for this and the main show. And also, thanks to at TSD Groupie for doing that uh, intro with me. Yep. Which, that's one of the funniest parts of Series 4, when we were talking about the new intro, and you're like, what did Groupie think? And I was like, oh shit, I didn't ask her. <laughs> uh, maybe we should send her that, and you're like, motherfucker, dude! Or whatever, that was good. <laughs> but yeah, thanks to at TSD Groupie for helping me do that intro. See, she's filthy too! <laughs> yeah. Well, not really. That's all on us. I'll take the hit on that. Mm-hmm. Un- is that everything? Oh, no. I've got to do our shit. Wow. I'm really disjointed. As for our shit, find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. We're part of the High Altitude Podcast Network at highaltpod.net. And find everything we do at nerdbliss.com, including my review of Working Stiff, which is where this story comes from. Uh, go get yourself some extra bonus audio by going to tsdjproductions.bandcamp.com. We got three albums there. Well, we've got four albums there. I'll say four. Who knows? I'll cover both bases. We've got three albums there you'll love. We've got four albums there you'll love. 
<laughs> you just give yourself editing options. You're goddamn right. That's thinking right there. Mm-hmm. And get yourself some merch by going to redbubble.com slash people slash nerdblitzpod slash shop. As for that, I'm at the Scooby Doom. You are at Fitzman73. And together on both Twitter and Instagram, we are at nerdblitzpod. Is there anything else? Mm, nope. I don't think so. Then until next time, bookmark it. This has been a feature of JJ2E Media and TSDJA Productions.